Ready? Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we get together, we listen to great video game music of the past and the present. And um, this week is no gimmicks. It's just good fun. Oh, wait, no, there's one gimmick. We got a gimmick. It's a quirky one, though, admittedly, which I I am glad we remembered to do because we came up with it ages ago. Then we promptly forgot about it. And then listener Tim sent us an email inquiring hey guys what about the what about the theme you were going you're still going to do it right which immediately put it right back in the forefront right so and this is the only time we could do it so 12 11 which was the last episode was kind of a glitch so yep. that was the glitch episode that got us past 10 10 or 12 10 right now this is now we're now we're jumping to 12 12 and the topic of the episode is 12 by 12 12 12 what the heck does that mean? Well, you were like, let's do mul- like multiplica- multipl- multiplication tables, right? Mixed picklick tables. And I'm like, okay, so like educational games or learning things, right? And I was thinking, not that, but it was still <laughs> a good thought. I just, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if in that dialogue I agree. was like, oh, yeah, entertainment. That sounds awesome. And then I completely forgot and went back to my original thought later on, <laughs> which is honestly where my track selections came from. They're weird, but it makes sense when you know what they all are. Yeah. Um, so we talk about 12-whatever, 10-whatever. So the the show is formatted like um, like a Ninja Gaiden stage mm-hmm. or a Mario Brothers stage where you have world number and then stage whatever and we do ten stages per world and we decided to have a little fun with podcast world twelve because <laughs> why the heck not oh man um, so if the audio gets a little funky between our microphones it's just because I did some upgrades in the studio and I'm still getting the hang of um, Pernell's new microphone so hopefully he sounds deep and sexy maybe I think I think that sounds pretty good that sounds deep and quirky but I think that was intentional fellas that's how I do so one thing I think is funny it came up recently um, we every once in a while talk about doing like you know twitch streaming playing games on on the internet and having people or seeing if people would want to watch blah 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 so i keep thinking about what would make a twitch stream work and what do people do and recently i was curious about a particular boss battle in some devil summoner soul hackers so i went on the internet and looked it up because i wanted to see the battle just recorded but of course i found a stream of the game being played and it took me back a bit, not because the stream was bad, because I don't have the I don't have the mindset to be able to confirm whether our stream is good or not. I just can't. But I was perplexed because the guy was playing the game, and I translated it into as if I was doing the same thing but playing Resident Evil One. And my takeaway was that the guy was talking about every single thing he could possibly do as he did it. So it was like the idea of being like, right. you know, walking down the hall, I see your door. I open the door, walk through the door. Well, I turn around, <laughs> close the door, look at the floor, there's nothing more. Can't walk pick the up dinosaur. an item. Yeah, walk the dinosaur. Walk down the hall. Oh, crap, a dog. Run it away, and there's a door. And it just that's his entire shtick. Well, just uh, talking about everything he does. That's kind of like the thing, right? When you play game you kind of narrate it as you go and that's part of the entertainment of, of this but then it becomes a matter of what is when is it 
not enough narration and when is it too much narration well what's good for you what did you enjoy that or not not that because it wasn't even just him saying everything he did it was adding inflection for every little thing too like You've played games where, you know, you're fighting a boss and things are par for the cruise. Like, okay, I'm going to use this spell. Fighting the boss and you're doing the thing and then I hit the boss and then a thing happens. <laughs> the number showed up. <laughs> damage was done. Holy crap, another <laughs> damage attack. Gotta keep going and so on and so forth. But like, this guy was more like, oh, heck no. Nah. I'm going to use my fire spell because <laughs> you got to be weak against fire. And he just kept going like, now you, you got a gun, right? So we're going to make you go pew pew and damage will get done. That'd I, be cool. I think we should do this and you should just do that. Because <laughs> that, that would be really funny to me. Like, I'm going to use attack because, man, look at that guy. His eyebrows, clearly he's weak to fire. I mean, I we'll be playing tell. like, um, We'll play like Final Fantasy together, like an old Final Fantasy. And I'll be like, oh, here comes a flan. Oh, I hope I get uh, first attack. And they're like, you're going to get first attack. You're going to kill that guy. You're going to kill that summer. You're going to kill him, and then you're going to cook him because flan is delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> it's like, that's, like, I don't get, I don't get streaming. I want to, but I'm old. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I feel you. It's, I feel you. So we're going to introduce something new to the to the podcast um more kind of game game reviews game game talk yeah more game talk more more video game focused and not video game music focused it should be interesting we'll experiment hopefully the episode will pop up after this on the same week this episode pops the same day right and if that happens like maybe give it a grab and listen see what you think yeah it'll be critique or thoughts let us know it'll be it'll be real short um, in our feed and then eventually it'll move to either its own podcast or it'll be a YouTube show but the first couple episodes you'll you'll see it here and you know we'll, we'll come up with a name and we'll do it <laughs> just having fun it'll be fun it'll be fun guys <laughs> trust me anyway this is an even numbered episode for now I own the evens <gasps> even Stevens which means you lead off on what we think this theme is about <laughs> okay so I went I went hardcore on edutainment. Oh. All right, so I'm starting off with a nice short one. A Japanese exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> a Japanese-only title. This is Sansu 3 Nen Keisan for the Famicom. Uh, composer is unknown, and this is a math and calculus game. Ooh. And this is Background Music 1, composed by El Unknown. <laughs> he's a spicy Spanish. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> this is a Spanish composer. He's elite. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but check this out. It's a, it's a it's a cool soundtrack. It has a neat sound to it. This is background music one. It sounds kind of like menu music from Sansu 3 Nen Keisan for the Famicom with an unknown composer. Um, yeah, and every track on this soundtrack is really like, it's got like a really fun, 
rhythm to it. Like it's all kind of syncopated with that that noise channel, and it's just kind of chill. Well, I know? guess it kind of has to be. I mean, when you think about it, just imagine the poor kid who gets this in their mailbox or from their parents. Here, I got you a present, and they pop the game in the system. It's almost like the music is saying, "So your mom or dad tricked you into playing an edutainment <laughs> game." All right, so you should smile while you play. Here's some music. I do. Okay, back in the '90s, man, the, those uh, multimedia CD-ROMs, those were the those were the bomb. Oh yeah, like there were. I think it's amazing. Like there were some crappy edutainment games, but there were some real quality ones. Like uh, Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego was yeah. the obvious known one. Uh, I actually was hoping to get Number Munchers at one point, but I totally <laughs> forgot that Number Munchers. I don't even think they even had a loading track. It was just here's well, there, a game. There's some music in between, but I think it's all like like uh, pu- public public domain, like coming around the mountain. <laughs> coming around. But no, the I'm not talking like um, like like the, uh, the ed- educational CD-ROMs where it had like um, like a really low res like videos of like this is what a car looks like and you know here's a tree and stuff like that. What was it? Um, like the Encyclopedia Britannica's on the CDs. I even remember that. Uh, that but now you got cool. me thinking about it. So it's it's we're getting we're closing in on summertime. It's getting warmer out here. Not springtime anyway, but it is getting warmer. Which so, had me just realize something. Are, do you that? suffer from allergies? Yeah, I do now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, it's, this it's, year. it's not just a joke. No, starting um, starting once we moved out into the suburbs. When we were in the city, it was no problem. I moved. I've moved into some an area with a few trees, and they attacked. <laughs> and suddenly, it's an issue. <laughs> uh, but no, so yeah, we're coming into this, and um, I used to grow up like out here in the suburbs, and I, we had a lot of lawns to mow, and so I would mow uh, lawns on my neighbor's lawn like every weekend for hours and hours and hours just to make a little bit of money so that I could afford um, the Encyclopedia Britannica CD-ROM. <laughs> and like that's how nerdy that was. It was like, hey, don't feel I think bad. Tomb Raider just came out. I was never going to be able to play that on my computer. I just wanted to like, you know, look up stuff for homework. Hey, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I, wanted, cool, right? I wanted Encyclopedia Botanica, the books, and also Zoo Books. And, zoo Books, uh, yeah. I remember Zoo Books. Yeah, never could get Zoo Books, though, but I wanted Zoo Books. The ads made it sound appealing, but I did have an Encyclopedia oh, Botanica set, and I did have, like, it was like a science... The National Geographic. I had National Geographic. Yeah, na- National Geographic. Yeah, those magazines are really, really cool. And they're still good today. Like, if you come across an old one... Oh, yes. Oh, the, 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 the photography is amazing. But um, but yeah, this is math. So, um, which which works well in video games. Wasn't there like a Super Mario Brothers that was like you had to like solve like math problems to move through the stage? I want to say yes, but I can't confirm. But oh. I could after the next break because I don't have time to look it up. But I'm remembering like at a department store when I was like real little, like when Mario Super Mario first came out. There was like a, the Philips CDI though, maybe? No, no, no. no. This was this was on the NES. The NES had just come out. Super Mario Brothers was on this big screen, big whatever, you know, projection TV. And I would go up there and be so excited to try out Mario. But there was like a weird math version of it. Because, oh, I knew I wasn't crazy. There was a math game. It wasn't on Nintendo, at least the one I'm thinking about, though. There was, uh, it was Mario, basically Mario World, Mario World Math. Like, basically, it teaches you math. Oh, okay. It was based off of the design of Super Mario World. You killed one, two, three Yoshis. (laughs) You horrible person. But like yeah, there was I believe there was definitely the Mario man. Cool. I knew about Mario teaches typing. That's why I thought you were talking. About yeah, no, 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 no. Or the um the the, the, the keyboard tutorial, mm-hmm. keyboard tutor. Oh, let's let's keep going. There's a lot of fun, fun stuff out there. I don't think they, do they make stuff like that anymore. Probably, I feel like, I feel but, like... We, but we're we're lucky enough not to deal with it. <laughs> Probably. And, and kid you not, I've recently gotten to this weird desire to find more math based board games because I'm a math dork. 
in and of itself, honestly. So I want to find more mm. video games or board games that actually push you to do like rough math problems, even if it makes you take out a pen and paper and doodle it. Well, that's what the um, the what's it called the Brain Age was so much fun for on the DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I do like speed math. It was rough, especially speed math against your friends. It actually oh. made you want to get better because you can't you f- be you can't be losing too long. Because <laughs> because the prize for losing is feeling stupid. Yes, and that is painful. Mm-hmm. All right, this this song is making me lose my mind. Understandable. This song is making me lose my mind. My mind. Loopy. For now. <laughs> yes. What's yes, Alistair. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> what's like a, one person listening will get that yeah, right. reference. Maybe. Um, what you got? So, problem with edutainment. I did not do that, but yeah. we'll I, see how it goes by yeah. the end. If you if it clicks with you or not, I'm yeah, curious. I'm here. I'm, well, I'm curious to hear your your explanations on these. So let's start it off then. The first track I picked is from the game Blaster Master Zero. The track title is Area 9, Alternate Dimension. It is composed by Hiroaki Sano, Ippo Yamada, Aoi Tanaka, and Kotaro Yamada. Listening to the Area 9 theme from the game Blaster Master Zero, composed by Hiro Akisano, Ippo Yamada, Aoi Tanaka, and Kotaro Yamada. So, picking tracks for this episode was when I learned that Area 9 existed and Blaster Master Zero. That's funny, like you never you never found this this area? Didn't know it existed. I haven't beat the thing is I haven't beaten the game yet. I played it off and on here and there, and I do have it on the Switch. I got to like maybe area six last time I played it. So what Blaster Master Zero is, is a remake of the original Blaster Master game, but they added more characterization in the main character. They changed a few story elements. And by that, I think they got rid of the frog. Um, Man, that frog. He was an awesome frog. Fred. That was the, that was the story, man. That's... You That's, gotta admit that was a really bizarre premise. Yeah, though. it's yeah. I'm gonna save my pet frog by well, fighting alien. Where's my frog? Oh, I went into that cave. I'm a blaster master. <laughs> I'm gonna buy this truck. <laughs> I'm gonna drive this truck. Like no, it made I'm no a sense. Blaster master. 
But like it was a, but this game was like I mean it made it way easier than the NES game, which some might like, some might not. Mm. But in the place of difficulty, they exchanged that for quality gameplay. They made the dungeon exploration a lot better. Um, they made it so that the truck had more features, and or Sophia the Third had more features and options. But apparently, they also added an epilogue final stage. Which is what this is. Which is what this is. I look forward to actually accessing it myself now because, holy hackadoodles, I want to know what the deal is. So is this, does this fit the theme because you just learned about this ep- this this stage? Yeah, I was doing some searching <laughs> in general for like things like that would fit the theme at the time. And I was like, wait a minute, what the heck is this? In this game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll check that out. And mm. then I like the track, too. So I was like, well, I'm going to go with it. And nothing's more satisfying than um, the the robot tank. What's this? Sophia? Sophia the third. Um, or Sophia t- three. Turning left and right. Like that animation was like so smooth on the NES. Boop, 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 I love that thing. I just love the game in general. Everything but the crab and the final mutant boss, plutonium boss. Mm. Everything else about that game was just precious. That would have worked on the glitch episode because you know that glitch where you, you drop a bomb on a, on a boss and then pause it? Oh yeah, that's how I'm. I'm pretty sure that's how most of the people that beat the game actually did it. Oh yeah, I don't. I can't think of too many people that beat the game like authentically. Honestly, I did once. We then we did it for like um, PNMPG some years ago, and it was one of those episodes where they were getting so tired of me dying and retrying. Oh, that you just had to. Yeah, I had to just get through it. They just had to. They was. We gotta just do this, man. It's like two in the morning. Print. I was like, awesome. I can do that's this. Awesome. <laughs> We can beat the games. Don't rush me. My oh. kids are going to wake up soon, Purdue. Let's end this. Yeah, I don't know how how they handle that. Like, no sleep and then wake up with the kids. Getting older. It so means like they're doing it as much and much more difficult to pull off. I'm no kidding. I couldn't even stay up for Mercenary Kings last night. I fell asleep playing that. Hmm. How do you feel about more... Edutainment titles. <laughs> Depends. I'm curious about what your next titles are going to be. All right. I, I went um, SNES for the next two tracks. Um, I'm going to pick this one because this is a really cool... Like, is one of the Mario's missing? No, no, no. Actually, I, I've only ever heard of one of these, and I was surprised to see it on the SNES. But this one I've never heard of before. Um, and But it's from the same developers of Captain Nova. It's a, it's all about... It's a, it's a platformer about... Um, diabetes, but this what? one, but this one's a shooter about, about smoking, the dangers of smoking. What do you shoot? Carcinogens? You shoot out plaque and you shoot cancer cells and stuff like that. And this is called Rex Ronin, experimental surgeon. <laughs> and this has like such a weird, like heavy, heavy, dark, like synthwave soundtrack for some weird reason. Uh, there's only a few tracks. I'm assuming they're 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 names of the stages. This one's just called Mouth. Hmm. Cleaning out the mouth. And again, with a gun. Yeah. And again, I don't have a composer for this track. It sounds Western again. I I, I need to look up and me who did the other game. Um, but I'm not sure if it, it sounds the same. It sounds a little different. So Watch. here's the mouth music from Rex Ronan, <laughs> experimental experimental surgeon. Well, that's not a guy you want operating on you. Well, I guess <laughs> when you're dealing with like lung cancer, you'll take what you can get. Yeah, I'll go for it. All right, here it is. Mouth
This is the mouth, or the mouth stage, from the game Rex Ronin, Experimental Surgeon for the Super Nintendo, composed by unknown composer right now, anyway. It's, uh, it's pretty heavy. Like I, I feel like surgery's not going too well. Well, I mean, well, first thing I got to say is that this sounds 100% like an SNES track, so yeah. good choice here. I like the sound of it. But it also, of course, the whole time I'm thinking about this game, as you you described the premise, which is basically he's a surgeon fighting lung cancer from the inside. Yeah, so also, um, uh, the nicotine companies, Big Tobacco has created nanorobots inside the, the, the patient's body. And so you shrink down into like this, uh, this tiny little spaceship mm-hmm. and you go inside the body. Um, to and fight those to fight them. Yeah, yeah, but those nanobots can attack you too. I'm just picturing this game having like truth a variety man. of endings <laughs> in the sense that because my first thought was like this game clearly must have a bad ending. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, simple. If you lose, you, everybody loses. Everyone <laughs> loses. But it's not even just that. It's the, it's the notion of just what lung cancer is. Like, if even if you, for a lot of people, even if you are aware that you have it and then you immediately stop to do something about it. You're already fighting a really uphill battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because lung cancer, once you got it, it starts striking. It's not, you know, it's not just lung cancer. This is mouth. So this has got to be mouth cancer. Mouth cancer. That's terrible. I I think it's more like like it's saying, like, oh, if you smoke, you're going to have bad breath and you're going to have problems with your teeth. And so this is like you flying around shooting the, the big tobacco nanobots. Yeah, but it's like you're shooting them, but if the guy you're trying to save keeps smoking... He's not helping. Yeah. It's like you're just going down the road oh. to the bad ending of the game where it's like, well, <laughs> you could do it. I'm just going to basically like you might just snuck in to save him. But he's still out there smoking. You're fighting while he's smoking. Uh, or That'd be rough, man. It'd be like a brutal game. And the end of the game is you succumb to black tar. Um, oh, geez. But you, do, you do fight tar. I saw some screenshots of this. The uh, good ending could be either you work together to stop it by, I don't know, quitting smoking and coupling that with Rex, you know, experimental doctor taking care of things on the inside while you take care of things on the outside, or he just finds a time machine in the guy's lungs and goes back in time <laughs> to before he started smoking. Or, or they sue the tobacco companies and get a big settlement, and that's fine. That would be awesome, and then he yeah. would no longer be an experimental doctor. Sure, He'd man. be a full-fledged MD because he could pay for medical school. Yeah, that's right. He, he's an experimental surgeon because really he's just a mad scientist who likes to shrink things. <laughs> it's Rick Moranis. But he doesn't have his medical uh, license. He doesn't have a license to to practice. A back alley medical shrink doctor. And technically it's not medicine if you're flying a spaceship. Yeah, it's true. He's an Air Force pilot. Is it medicine if you're flying a spaceship and fighting disease? Mm. These are the big questions we ask on this show. It's, honestly, if that's, if that's, that's the kind of medicine I want to get behind, let's be honest here. All right, let, let's keep going. What, what's your next one? Our next track is going to be from the game Street Fighter Three: Third Ooh, Strike. My favorite. And the track is called Snowland. Um, the Snowland. theme of 12. <laughs> and it's composed by Hideki Okugawa. Nice.
Welcome back. You're listening to Snowland from the game Street Fighter 3 Third Strike 12. And according to Rob, Necro's theme as well. Yeah. Composed by Hideki Okugawa. Who the heck is Necro in 12, Rob? Or who uh, the heck are they? Proper English. Okay, they, they are fighters in the game Street Fighter 3, and they're weird. Um, 12, they're both like experiments, I think, of... I want to say it was Gil... Gil, who's like the last boss, like they're oh that weird half and half color. Guy. Yeah, so yeah, twelve is like is this weird like like God, it looks like it has like a like a weird flat face. It doesn't. And it's kind of humanoid, but its body can like sort of morph into different things. Oh, so he can like kind of do like the yeah like shuffle. His arms turn into like like hammers, and they can fly in the air a little bit. Really weird. So of course Ryu can fight him with his martial arts. Yeah. Well, Necro also has a his like special one of his special moves, or I think it was his taunt actually, was to make himself invisible. Oh, cool. Which is like so hard to use because it takes forever for the animation to go, and you're still, um, you know, you're still prone to being hit. Um, and Necro is the same thing. He is from. Um, Moscow, and he is essentially he's kind of like a, a cross between Dalsim and um, and like a like a King of Fighters character. So his arms are super long, but he can also like uh, electrify if you smash the the um, like the punch buttons. Oh, cool! He's crazy. And they're they're the reason I really love Street Fighter Three is because the characters are the character design and the characters themselves are so different. Was that the game that had Fang in it too? Um, Fang is the newest one. Oh, okay. that's five. Because like, as he mentioned Moscow, that probably explains why the name of why the name of the level is Snowland. Which thank heavens we don't have to deal with Snowland here anymore. Snowland. Yeah, Moscow, Russia. Snow. Snowland. Snowland. Snow. It's definitely Snowland. <laughs> so I like that you picked this track. One, I love Street Fighter, and two, it's got that kind of jungle vibe to it. So like, why why do you pick this one? I'll get to that on the next track. You're not even give me the. You're not going to give it to me. No, nah, because it, it'll make sense. It'll make sense on the next one. Okay, I'm really curious. Right. Let's talk. Let's talk about the bass on the on that on that for, like right after it hits. Boom, 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 boom. It's really like it's. It, this sounds like old school '90s jungle music, which is awesome. I like that slight bit of horn that pops up too. That's my main kick that made me really appreciate yeah. this. Yeah, it's um. It's like it's it's kind of like the hint of a melody. You know, it's just kind of like bouncing around in there. It's, it's honestly, this is a legitimate jam, and it's one just another case of me wishing I were better at fighters. Who so was actually play to appreciate? Who was more. the composer again? Hideki Okugawa. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I thought it was the Street Fighter Four composer, but now it's someone different. Do you think this has a similar style to SF4 stuff? No, not really. I was about to say, like, I mean, the tracks I do know from that game sound nothing like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter 3 was definitely a lot of, like, drum and bass, jungle music, and, like, some rap music in the opening, which I yes. love. I love that stuff. Indestructible. Oh, that was Street Fighter 4 again. Yeah. Street Fighter 3 was, like, rap music. Oh, 3 had the yeah, rap yeah. song. That's cool. Um, I, I can't do the rap. I won't do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'll find it and do it later. That would be an interesting one. Break it down, man. Um, okay, so my track is from another edutainment title for the Super Nintendo, um, which I didn't realize. I've, I've seen this like on the computer, like in school, but I didn't. I didn't know they made it for the Super Nintendo. This is Math Blaster. I remember, I remember Math, Math Blaster. Blaster. Yeah, Math Blaster. It's called Math Blaster Episode One for the Super Nintendo. Um, Pajama I, Sam's Underpaint. Is that what it was? No, okay. but that is a game. Oh, Pajama Sam. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. I don't know why I remember that. 
Why? Because it was such a ridiculous name for a game. Why yeah. would you forget it? I get it confused with Captain Underpants, which is another thing. <laughs> that is true. Well, anyway, okay, so this is Math Blasters. Um, I don't have any track titles, so this is the fifth track, and it's composed by Mark Cooksey and Tom Zender. Zender, Zender, Zender. Okay, this is Math Blaster, episode one, track five, for the Super Nintendo, composed by Mark Cooksey and Tom Zender. This is a jam. It's fun, right? Oh, I love that drum beat. It's so cool. Those hi-hats. This track's all about those hi-hats and that snare. That snare is on it. This is a prime Ooh. example of a track where it makes me glad that this this is where you took the topic because... yeah. When would we have ever come across this track? Ever. No, no, I know. This is a cool one. The rest of the soundtrack is kind of funky like this, but this is definitely the the funkiest, a little more oddball. Oh, this, this this whole opening section where it's like, oh, I don't know, I think they know where they're going. And then suddenly, cymbal, back onto like this 4-4 beat. But this drum fills. So here's the question. Yeah, Did yeah. you ever get a chance to play Math Blaster back in the day? Back in the day, I, I know I have. I know I have. I can't remember it very well, though. I don't know why. Unfortunately, I did not. My main edutainment titles back yeah. in high school. Well, high school. I wish high school. Um, <laughs> back in grade. Actually, high school was SimCity. But in grade school, it was, you know, of course, number and word munchers. Yeah, and, number munchers, word munchers. And Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Yeah, I mean that's that's loosely educational. All of my animals drowned in the river. Well, that teaches you not to put your animals in the river. Well, the river had to be there. I got across it. There's no bridge. You they learn, weren't built yet. You learn how to cross water from playing Super Mario World. You throw your animal in the water, then you jump off of it. Yeah, which but then then like Mario World, this animal's attached to food and resources and a wagon. I can't just jump off of them unless I can pull the wagon. I always loved like. You spend like all your money on like buckshot and on bullets to hunt for food, and then you go hunting, and you're like, you shot like 14 tons of food. You can carry three pounds. (laughs) It was worth (laughs) it. I'm like, um, and it was never enough. I'm always like, I need enough food for everyone to survive, and you can only carry so much. So you'd like, you go out there and you kill every animal in the forest. (laughs) 
died. It couldn't carry, carry anything. Susie still died of starvation. Mm-hmm. And the dysentery ran rampant. Oh, what a rough way to go. But then, of course, Number Munchers was my was my shim. Number Munchers is, is great. You posted um, a link to what was it called? The computer. It was like a website where they had Number Munchers available to play in the browser. Oh, they have a lot of stuff to play in the browser. That I I I was late to work <laughs> <laughs> because like I was all these classic PC games I used to love playing are just in the browser. I played um I played through Prince of Persia. Whoa, that was there. Yeah, that was on there. What if they had like things like the weird Mega Man X? They might update. Um, there was a DOS lot, port, a lot of stuff. But it was just that Mega Man DOS port is impossible to play. I meant no, I beat it. <laughs> Did you? That yeah. thing moves so fast. I had Mega Man X and I had Mega Man X three. Mega Man three was on Windows though, oh, but wow. the Mega Man X I think was on DOS. Mm-hmm. But I I played the Living Daylight out of both of those and beat them on key- Mega Man X. I beat on a keyboard. Wow, take that to school because that's why I, I installed it at my school computer. And I would sneak out and play it. <laughs> and I'd sit in the, in the lab playing that when I should be doing like environmental science work. Yeah, I remember um, we having like uh, setting up emulators and stuff in the, uh, the the library computers in high school and playing through. Um, I think like the the was the translation for Final Fantasy V just came out and we were all super excited to play it. Ooh. Like, yeah. It's like only got like you know 20, 30 minutes maybe if no one's watching. You'll progress <laughs> by the end of the school year. You might complete the game. You might get to the moon. Man, my, my, I used to have a floppy Did you disk. Go to the moon in five. I had I um, Atari Classics on it, and I'd spend um, like study halls playing Robotron. Two thousand. I think that really sparked my my love of shooters and like bullet hell games. Like twin stick shooters, so that was Robotron. Was, well, Robotron, I'm amazed that could spark anything but frustration and anger. Oh, man. Well, it's just the thing where it's like you just play it over and over and over again, just trying to get further and further and or further. Or a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> Every time I played that, I, I didn't really get to try that game so much until I was an adult going to like arcades. But uh, every time I tried to boot it up, it just seemed like there was just so many flashing lights and yeah. things happened. You well, couldn't even find your dude at the time. I don't know about that. It was the mix of it all. Just <laughs> barely walking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess you think it was improved with Smash TV? Oh, Smash TV, I like it, but I feel like I want to see someone touch it in the present day. I don't think I'd want to go back and play Smash TV anymore. Actually, no, to the bet, I would play it in the arcade with working controls. <clears throat> Barcade Philly, please fix your machine. Oh, man, that'd be great. Um, but I would definitely play it again in the arcade, but as far as consoles go, I'd mm. prefer someone take a stab at it and do a better job of it, making it a little bit more modern. Like, I guess we kind of have games like the, like the Dead Nations and the, uh, I guess, what's the C- name of that Cact- Cactus. Um, Next Machina. Cactus Next Machina? No, Next Machina. Um, House Marquee. That's the name of the company. Um, uh, they're like, I think they're like a third, uh, second party from um, from uh, Sony. Okay. And they release a lot of really cool twin six shooters that I feel would kind of capture that essence of the Smash TVs and even the Robotrons, depending on the game you play. Next Machina's premise feels like a Robotron update. Okay, cool. It just gets absurd. <laughs> it goes on in that screen. I love that stuff. Yeah, like um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Geometry Wars. Geometry Wars is essentially Robotron. Yes, and all of its frustration. That that's seizure inducing. I think it's colors flying everywhere. It's nuts. Yeah, and I remember back when Geometry Wars 2 was fresh and new, we were like at a high score challenge with like 10 different people. Yeah, I love that. And that was fun. it drove me out the darn wall because I wouldn't stop playing. I kept restarting, trying to get these high scores, yeah. and it was a matter of, got the high score, and the next person's like, they play all night, wake up <laughs> next morning, and you have a text message like, check your Xbox. Yeah. I'm like, no! Yeah. Stop chasing because my all, score! All you needed was like one like really good day in like one really good run. 
and then you you would never get better than that. Yeah. And someone would do that, and you would never catch up. It's, it's just got really frustrating. But I would try and try and try and try. So now I'm going to, have to play it tonight and see if I can beat a guy. <laughs> Darn game, pacifist mode. Oh boy, that, I like that mode a lot. All right, what's your last track? Well, that that ties into Street Fighter Three. Well, not necessarily. So. First track I picked was Blasted Master Zero, Area 9, Alternate Dimension. Okay. Second track I picked was Street Fighter Third Strike, 12 Steam. Multiply 9 times 12, okay. you get 108. That's amazing. So the last track I am picking is from the game Sweet Code in 5, and the track title is To the End of the Woven Tale of the 108 Stars. Oh. And that is composed by Norikazu Mayura. Interesting. So you were surprised when I was like, oh, that's also Necro Stage. You're like, no, no, don't take it from me. It's 12's day. 12, that's cool. Now, let's I can't divide it. by Necro. <laughs> to the power of Necro. <laughs> Fortunately, it's the power of one.
This has been episode 12-12 of Rhythm and Pixels. Uh, that's Rob Nichols, and I'm Purnell, and that was a bluff. Um, you were just listening to pretty much the ending slash epilogue theme of Sweet Code and Five to the end of the woven tale of the 108 stars composed by Nori Kazu Mayura. So, fun fact, I was originally going to go with the epilogue or slash ending theme to Sweet Code and Three, which is the last Sweet Code and game I played through. But then I found out that there were other Sweet Code and games beyond three whose epilogues shared a similar title concept that I was searching for, aka 108. So, listen to them. I couldn't pass this up. This is ridiculous. This was really good, and I want to start Sweet Code and Five now. I really, really enjoyed that. It was, it was very. Um, I know I started. I was kind of joking during the song, but it's it's very Sergeant Pepper's like Beatles style. <laughs> we actually were singing along. Yeah, to yeah, but like yeah, a little, a little bit. And I think it has to do with the um, with the flutes and some of the some of the violins. And that helicopter going through the city. I sure hope they find Sergeant Pepper. He's been on the lam for some time. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to get picked up from the bikes. Um, but no, yeah, it really had, gave me that, that, that vibe. And that electric bass through that track was awesome. I, actually, it makes me think, but oh, this, yeah, this whole thing. If the energy was there, I remember one just like, "Why does it sound so sad?" I'm like, yeah, it's, "It's the epilogue. Yeah. It's everyone reflecting on their journey or some such." You know, maybe one of them decided to become a baker now that the war was over, and then the little boy that used to run around delivering newspapers started stealing apples from the bakery she <laughs> uses to make apple pies or whatever. Um, that that kind of um, that that melody that that comes back is that. Is that melody like revisited through the rest of the soundtrack? No, that's what I'm saying. You're asking the wrong guy because oh, I've uh, never played five. I oh, only got, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I only even got Sweet Code in five in the last year or two because I I skipped four initially because everybody and their mom was saying four was atrocious. Mm. And then when five came out, I skipped it because I didn't buy four. Later learned that apparently it was a great game, but then it became almost impossible to find selling for over a hundred dollars. Uh. So, one day on a whim, I checked eBay. Holy crap, there was one auction selling for cheap and no one was looking for it at the time, so I grabbed it up and, of course, had to buy four, too, because I need to have the whole set. Okay, I thought you were like, you bought four fives. <laughs> oh, no, that'd be insanity. <laughs> I could only buy it in a lot of four. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was so cheap. Give so them to your friends. No, nah, but like I bought, I decided to go ahead and just buy four and five at that point. They showed up at the same time. Cool. So I now have the entirety of Sweet Code and one through five. The only thing I don't have are the Sweet Code and Guide End games. Mm. So I have Tear Crease, I have Tactics, and every other Sweet Code game but Guide End. People love Sweet Code. As they should. Sweet yeah. Code and games are legit. Sweet Code and two is probably in the upper echelon top three RPGs ever made. Mm. And I stand firm on that point. I've, I, yeah, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people say that. At one point, it was also a game selling for two, three hundred dollars on the internet until it finally got a digital release on PSN. People were flipping it. Mm. People were flipping that. <laughs> people were flipping that game because people wanted to play it. That's rough, man. Collectors. I mean, I mean, you know, I can't say much. Like, I want to collect more games, but like, it's just harder now, and I just regret selling them or getting rid of them. Or yeah, we're just, just losing them to you know, growing up. Yeah, and I actually feel the same way, but I'm thankful at least that my last attempt at selling games was during the SNES, NES slash Genesis period, that whole window. I sold all of my stuff to get a Sega Saturn, Rayman, and Guardian Heroes. This is like nice, sad, 
nostalgia music. <laughs> I lost everything <laughs> to consumerism. But like, uh, <laughs> but like honestly, sometimes, in some respects, I don't regret it because the Saturn did provide me with a variety of good memories. I loved Rayman and Guardian Heroes. Still oh, yeah. loved them both. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just Very a matter good. of, you know, I was a kid. I wanted new stuff. Couldn't buy because my parents didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. So I just hawked everything that my uncle gave me and stuff that I bought with, like, canned money or whatever. Yeah. Especially canned money. Good old canned money. You can, you can always, you, you could always count on canned money. Oh, I really did. I could and I did. <laughs> and I'm thankful also at least that a lot of the games I had back then that I sold ended up getting re-releases later. Either like, like for the Mega Man X games, which I did eventually reacquire anyway, but right. that's another story. They got re-released in like the Mega Man X collection on PS2 and it's getting a Mega Man X collection this year. Um, Chrono Trigger Superior DS version mm-hmm. came out. Um, the Final Fantasy's got re-release on top of re-release. Um, then there's like this odd weird games like Kindle Rage, which I just acquired again later. Just oh, cool! Stuff like that, you know. So, Potful Mail, I got lucky from a friend who helped me out. He found it. it was like Happy Birthday! I don't sell this or I'll kill you. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, I could have got two hundred dollars easy for this. I'm giving it to you for your birthday. That's so nice. Yeah, he's a good friend. I'm still friends with him to this very day. I say he threatened you. He oh he. That too. I mean, because let's be blunt. <laughs> if I gave somebody a two hundred dollar game as a present and they flipped it for profit, I'd kill them too. Yeah. So, hey, yeah, enjoy this pop full mail. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David. Much appreciated, sir. All right. Well, the track's over. You know what that means? It's time for the bonus epilogue. R- <laughs> it's time for the. It's time for the uh, bonus round. Bo 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 bonus round. Nostalgia time. <laughs> All right, the, the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And this theme is a little, you know... Everywhere. A little all over the place. Um, so the, I decided to change things up a little bit. And I'm talking about a part of a game where you learn. And this is the training mode, alternate theme of training mode for Street Fighter Four. Ooh. For the Xbox and for Steam and for the PlayStation 3. Street Fighter 4 was on that. Oh, yeah, of course it was on Xbox, but I owned it for Yeah, um, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time <laughs> in training mode. So this is the alternate version of the training mode theme for Street Fighter 4, composed by Hideyuki Fukasawa. So it's a little short. It's really short. <laughs> this is the alternate um, training mode theme in Street Fighter Four, composed by Hideyuki Fukusawa. Um, it's kind of like like a like kind of like a hard house kind of style version of the original training mode theme, which is in itself also pretty short. Um, but I spent a lot of time a lot of time in this mode, um, learning combos and the timing for some of the um, the combos. Street Fighter Four was technically a much more difficult game to perform 
and execute than Street Fighter Five, like leagues. So do you think that was like an intentional change on their part? Yes, one hundred percent. The the creators of Street Fighter they wanted to make a game that was more accessible to people who wanted to be able to perform like and execute like really flashy looking combos. Um, for just about anybody to do it. But like in Street Fighter 4, if you watch high-level play, they're doing stuff that I could never do because it was frame-perfect. Everything was frame-perfect. But Street Fighter 5, there's a lot more... Like, I don't think there's any frame-perfect combos. Everything has like within three or four frames of, uh, of leeway. It's kind of sad, too, because now that you mentioned that, it makes so much sense because Street Fighter 4 was, was me attempting to get... Like, I'm going to try to do fighters. I'm going to be serious this time. Oh. Everyone's going to buy Street Fighter 4. Xbox Live is a thing. I'll buy it too. And I tried to main Crimson Viper. That, yeah, that's a technical character. She's cool, though. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. But I was, abys- I was abysmal. <laughs> I was terrible at the game, story mode, and versus mode. I kept trying, just couldn't pull it off. Me and fighters aren't friends, but I want to be friends with fighters. Well, my, uh, They're just so violent. My main character from 4 was Abel. And he was a, a new character to Street Fighter Four. They know they haven't brought him back. I don't think they're going to because he wasn't very popular. He was also a really technical character to play. But yeah, he so was he's so much in fun. the most technical Street Fighter. Then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, people like that because they said that was there was more defensive options because of that. But I don't know. To me, that just didn't seem right. Um, but yeah, that was Street Fighter Four. A lot of time in training mode, waiting for matches. And then fighting, and then losing, and then going back to training mode. <laughs> Everyone was so indestructible. Yeah, I love. I, I like that theme song. I don't care what anyone says. That original, the original theme song to Street Fighter Four, it's cool. It, it was a definite example of something that I thought was lame and cheesy when I first heard it, but right. it really grew on you. Like it was the track oh. you had to listen to when you booted it up. Yeah, and it just yeah, it just sticks to you. Yep, like like ribs. Mm. So what is your sticky ribs? Bonus honey track? barbecue sauce dripping from the bone. <laughs> God, I haven't eaten, can you tell? Except these chips. Uh, my yeah. final track for the bonus round, well... And they're not creamy dill. No, nah, these are my original favorite, Red Hot. I love spicy things. Mm. I would like to figure out what the sp- seasoning is for these Red Hots to recreate them in my home with real potatoes and make them even spicier. It's, it's probably like, like cayenne and sugar, probably like, something as simple as that. It's like salt. Yeah, we don't know. It's just a spices. <laughs> yeah, they keep it secret. Spices, <laughs> natural flavor, which could probably mean like, I don't know, like the same the same stuff they used to make vanilla. I'm not going to say what that is on the show because I don't want to disgust people. Could be, yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows? Well, I, don't know, I trust that brand, right? Don't you? I like hers. That's enough for me. Keep it secret. I don't care. <laughs> protect me from myself. I don't want to know. Was <laughs> say was goose was good for the gander is not good for the uh, goose. That's a, that's a Pennsylvania local brand. If anyone's curious, directable. Mm. All right, so what you got? So my original take on the theme was to form an equation, and I did that, but <laughs> obviously I didn't make this a try. I didn't want to have you know three operators so to have an answer. So what I decided to do was just go with a teacher as my final track. Okay. And while I did feature the original version of this track on the show on a previous episode, I figured, eh, I'll do it from the arrangement album this time because this sounds really good. So this is from the Mega Man Battle Network slash Mega Man EXE 15th anniversary arrangement album titled Running Through the Cyber World. It was the theme for Number Man, who was the Navi for Mr. He... I think it was like Mr. Higachi or something like that. It was the teacher, Land's teacher in the first game. Oh, cool. It was arranged and composed by Akari Kaida, and it features guitar by Hiroaki Ichimura. (coughs) 
also sneezes by Rob Nichols. <laughs> Thank you. back i hope you enjoyed that rockumentary action magic fest i just threw words together i don't even know what the purpose that was, worked out pretty fun. well no i think it, you got it thank you i tried <laughs> i tried you bet man but that was running through the intern i'm oh, sorry running through the cyber world arrangement theme from the game Mega Man battle network one composed and arranged by akari kaida with the guitar done by hiroaki ichimura so uh, it should be also noted i didn't fade that track i didn't fade that track out the track faded out on its own so good. to kind of give you that impression of like the guitar solo that never ends you know really? but i thought like the guitar solo was just going to kind of interesting when they faded it out that makes me wish it just kept going <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really liked this yeah. jam like, just a I, few more choruses you know 
And I was almost right. Teacher's name was Mr. Higsby. I had to look that up. Oh, Higsby. Because <laughs> I haven't played. I actually tried to boot up Mega Man Battle Network before coming over to record tonight to see if my save file was still there. And it is not. Battery must have died or something. But it is back to square one for Perny. Same for Battle Network 2. But Battle Network 3, save file still kicking. Um, but, yeah, I love this game. I love this track. I wish there was a... It's funny, back when Mega Man Battle Network was coming out, I probably mentioned this when we did the episode theme to it, that there were so many of them coming out so quickly that they kind of got old fast. But now that we haven't had one since Mega Man Battle Network 6, I kind of wish they would go back and do it again because I want a new one in the present times. Mm. The current technology. Just think of the battle chips we could get. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's interesting they haven't gone back to it. Makes me well. It's it's Capcom. Yeah, it's Capcom. It'll, it'll, it'll come back, but it'll be a mobile game. Pretty much. If it was Konami, it'd be a pachinko machine. Oh man, poor games. What, what's what's better in that scenario? I'd rather they just not come back at all. <laughs> just don't tell us. Just don't tell us. Like I, recently, was it? I was looking at the news. Uh, Wild Arms is making a comeback, oh. and I was all excited. I was like, "Yes, a new Wild Arms game coming to mobile devices." Yeah, no, <laughs> it's the new Whack a Mole Wild Arms <laughs> Wild game. Wild Arms game. It's like the sad part is I'm at the point now where it doesn't even necessarily mean it's going to be like to win or free to play or whatever but, but it's gonna have it that. deserves console love put it on the machines you want we found a, them. a full curated you know story experience where it's crafted put together and delivered not like this kind of what i'm not talking on my format. phone i'm gonna play my rpg adventure it's, epic on yeah. it like no i don't want to do that uh, i'm not that either but oh anyway for more information on our bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to the um, SoundClouds, Bandcamps, um, anywhere where you can find this music and support the artists. Yeah, I want to thank you for joining us on 12 by 12. This is really this is really the end of World 12 now, everybody. We swear this time. This is the last serious, World 12 episode. Serious this time. But it was a good time just goofing around and extension and reaching out to doing these two oddity episodes. Yeah. I like the idea that we have an episode that typed out in this normal way. You really can't find it in our normal metrics. 12 dash. <laughs> oh, actually, did, did you see what I named it? I saw a 12 dash, like it was like a hexadecimal value. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a hexadecimal value for 11. That was awesome. Um, and this one, I don't know what I'm going to do with this one yet, but it'll be different. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, just do it as is 12, 12 dash 12, 12 by 12. I was thinking, I was just, oh, yeah, I'll do that. That's okay. I was going to just make it just 12 by 12. It's like, because basically, like, just like, just like the dimensions 12, X12, it's like dimensions of a. Me- <laughs> me- me- Dimensions of a multiplication table, done deal. I like that. The miseducation of podcast uh, <laughs> hosts, right? That's what we do. We're here to teach you guys about a bunch of nonsense. No, we don't. Do no, we that. Don't. We're here to have fun. Um, I'm not qualified to teach anything. <laughs> no, definitely not. Don't learn anything from us, guys. Um, we, we are not experts. Don't do what <laughs> Rhythm and Pixels does. That's the one thing. Like, I, I I have a hard time listening to people like on YouTube stations and stuff. Like, like classic game players, like who talk like they're the authority 
on stuff. And like, that's fine. You know, you're supposed to talk with some confidence, but it drives me crazy. That, yes. that, that kind of like, it, just, it comes off as kind of gatekeepy. Whether it's intentional or not. Yeah, and I was about to say, that's the part, I think that's part of the challenge to that, too, because yeah. I also agree I'm not too big on the authority speak. But at the same time, if you're just kind of chatting with the intent to inform, there's a fine line to toe between yeah. friendly informative and authoritative explanation. And I don't quite know where that line is. I don't know either, but I mean... Maybe it's inflection. What it is is I learn a lot doing this show. Um, so I'm hoping maybe people listening learn some stuff, too. Hey, honestly, I've learned some stuff from doing the show and from the listeners of the show. So, yeah, for the past three hours today, I learned that my sound card won't work with my new computer. So, <laughs> um, but the new microphone, I think it's sounding pretty good. Well, yes, the listeners can be the judge of that. But yeah. where can they let us know? Yeah, if you if you like if you like the sound of the microphone, or if you want um, to talk to us, if you have a topic suggestion, or if you're a musician, if you, if you do if you're in a uh, video game music cover band, or if you do remixes, let us know. Send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. Um, if you would like more information about the show, um, full track listings from all of the episodes, downloads to all the episodes, and all the other links to all the other fun stuff that we do, like um, Purnell has, uh, he does video game reviews for Hey Poor Player. Um, we have links to our um, radio station on YouTube of, that plays nothing but video game music 24-7. Um, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com um, You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Um, Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Just put that in the search bar and, and we'll come up. Um, and if you like the show and you want to help support us, the, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends um, on any of those places. Or you can hit the subscribe button on whatever you're listening. Um, and if you'd like to support us you know, financially, that's not so bad either. Head over to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, yeah, any money that you put in there goes right back into the show. Uh, and there's little little extras that you'll get as for being a patron of our show you get um mixtapes of the most current episode every week and you get access to live streams of me and Pernell recording an episode um once a month and we'd like to thank all of our patron patreon subscribers i want to thank alex the messenger who is rubbing it in my face that his um local uh hockey team beat our local hockey team well, in, our, in his defense, it is the Flyers. But who am I asking? I tell you about. I thought the Flyers were actually the good Philadelphia team as far as like yeah. regular win seasons. Yeah, yeah. The Flyers are the Flyers are always always really really good until the playoffs. Oh man! <laughs> but uh, yeah, they got they got hit pretty bad. I mean, I said, isn't he in the same area? How could he hate on the Flyers? You know, because he's he's closer to Pittsburgh. Ah, so he's mooching. Yeah, he's more on the Penguins. Mm. He's a Penguins fan. The Penguins destroyed the the Flyers. East PA. And, you know, I'm talking like I know about sports. I don't know anything about sports. Well, I, like, I, I like watching hockey every once in a while. I do know East PA is best PA. Yes. East PA. Oh, East PA is best PA. Is beast also, PA. ESPN. BS. BSPN is all the same. Oh, there's more people I want to thank. I want to thank Brian Kunkel. I want to thank Bobby Arson. Thank you so much. Ian Swag, Wicked Sephiroth. I want to thank OK Impala. Love that name. Love that name too. I want to thank Carlos. I want to thank Morton Gangso and Henrik Anderson. I want to thank Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast. He just um, released an episode uh, recently. Um, he's been kind of silent for a little while. He's been going through some stuff, and I think it's great to, to hear him hear him again. Yes. Um, I want to thank Brian Pitt, a, a constant supporter of the show. Thank, thank you so much. Um, Chris Murray and Dan Smith. We have awesome 
Did I get that right this time? You honestly, if you didn't for the second time in a row, I'd give you the meanest (laughs) stare, the roughest of stares. I guess I would know, huh? Uh, Actually, worth inquiring to for mostly the Patreon guys, but also listeners in general. You know, if there's any random tidbits you guys want to try to pull off on some of the live stream episodes, like last episode we did the uh, that interesting Mega Man play, which is kind of a random thing. And I actually wonder if anybody actually attempted to beat that that time record too, because it's definitely possible. I was getting beat by it was like one of the Wily bosses was kicking my butt, mm. two or three deaths, which is what oh, slowed oh, me down. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, during the last live stream, you tried to play through Mega Man Four mm-hmm. throughout the episode. What's 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 the next game gonna be? Is that what you're I, d- I don't know. Somebody could suggest one. That would be awesome. Or if you have another idea, like... <laughs> Battle suits. Plank- no, me. never. Ugh, I veto allergies. that game. I mean, these horrible allergies. I veto every game with the word Battletoads in the title. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> um, but if you have any other weird suggestions, like, I don't know, Rob and I playing, like, Pity Pet, or another video game that I, I can play on, like, my DS or something like that, or, heck, right. if we get the computer running something on the computer. I don't know anything. It oh. just seems like it'd be a kind of a wacky thing to try yeah, on the live stream. A, that'd be good. So drop a suggestion. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see you uh, next week for our first episode of World 13. The unluckiest or luckiest world. We'll figure that out on the way. Oh, you'll figure it out. Um, or should we just skip it and go to World 14 like they do in those office buildings? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you for listening and have a great week. And remember, this is probably the simplest one I've done ever. Math is not scary. You should understand math. You don't have to be a perfectionist. You don't have to be perfect. But you should be able to do basic arithmetic. Don't shy from it. Work with it. And also, money management is pretty cool, too. You know, simple stuff. Checking, savings, debits, and credits. Don't let the world take you for a ride in the realm of consumerism. Be good with your money. That's all I got. And I had to learn that the hard way, so that came from my school of hard knocks. (laughs) Credit cards are evil unless you learn how to abuse them, and then they're fun. Okay. Abuse them? Yes! Cashback bonus awards, man! Frequent flyer miles! All that good stuff. You mean abuse the... uh, Get all the benefits and pay none of the interest. (laughs) That's the game. Get like five credit cards, charge them all, and never pay interest. Weird life lessons from Pernell. <laughs> don't, don't do what Pernell does. does. <laughs>